Welcome to the Fit Money Podcast, where we'll discuss something we all need through our entire life, financial literacy, but also asking a new question. How are students learning it? On this special episode, we're talking about experiential learning. I think we've all said at one point, why didn't I learn this in school? Or even, I'm never going to use this in the real world. When they're in school, they're learning about geography and they're learning about, you know, American literature. But when they're learning about how they'll navigate those um, those decisions, a light bulb's go on for them. I do enjoy it because it's actually very informative. And it's not like a class, like... It's something we're actually going to need to use in the real world. It's no easy job preparing students for that real world, but the Credit for Life Fair definitely is. Giving kids that opportunity to do this in a low-stress environment where they can make mistakes and kind of have those aha moments, I think really impacts uh, some of their decision-making when they start to have a full-time job and think about you know, what they're actually spending their money on and how much things cost. Credit for Life is a one-day experience for high school students where they'll receive a scenario, income, job, and have to build their own budget, manage their fictional spending, and even prepare for emergency expenses. Kind of really gave us an outlook on the real world, like we're going to really be paying for these things in a couple of years. And I know I think Marianne uses the example of, you know, giving keys to, uh, to kids without having driver's ed. I don't want any other generations to miss out on that experience of you know, something that they're going to end up doing for the rest of their life. I think the whole idea of this is all of us that are putting this together, Marianne, the Institution for Savings, we're all going back to our 18-year-old selves and saying, don't make the same mistake that we made. Today, we're chatting with the Institution for Savings, a Credit for Life presenter, a teacher who helps bring the fair to the school every single year, and a student on how what she learned that one day will impact every day that follows. First, Fit Money Executive Director Jessica Pelletier meets with Mary Ann Clancy, the SVP of Marketing and Community at the Institution for Savings on why an event like this needs to be in every school, how they built the fair, and exactly what it looks like when it's on your campus. Mary Ann, I'm so excited to talk to you this morning. I'm glad to be here, really am. You know this is one of my favorite subjects. So. It is, and we go way back on this specific topic, which today is the Credit for Life Fair. As we know, <laughs> in some other states, they're called reality fairs or budgeting fairs, but uh, the gist of it is an experiential learning exercise for kids to really immerse themselves, basically in kind of adulting. So tell me about your first experience with the Credit for Life Fair. So uh, this year, 2023, will have been our 13th year doing the fair. Um, wow. We started doing it. Um, we had three area high school teachers come to us from three different high schools uh, and said, uh, we, we went to this event uh, that another uh, community was doing. We really want to do it. Do you think that the bank would be willing to help us uh, work through this? So First thing we did was find a fair in another community that we went and we were worked as volunteers and we just thought it was fantastic. Um, so, you know, at that time, my bank president said, yes, we want to do this. Um, we make it happen. Do what you need to do. So we started out, you know, back in 2010 with three high schools and about 350 students this year. Our 13th year, we had well over a thousand students in 13 North Shore high schools. So uh, that is really our, our our start to the Credit for Life there. 
and it is a, such an exciting atmosphere. I volunteered now at your fair two times, and I love the energy and the excitement. And we think about a lot of topics in school that students probably roll their eyes, and maybe they're not so excited to learn about. But you really see um, a, a real passion for students. You know, why do you think that is? They do. Well, I think it's real life for them. I think, you know, when they're in school, they're learning about geography and they're learning about, you know, American literature. But when they're learning about how to budget their money and what life will be like as a 25 year old adult and and how they'll navigate those um, those decisions, light bulbs go on for them. They think, oh, my gosh, you know, this is this is real life. This is real life. And talk to me about what you you've now done this for 13 years. So you've seen probably some of the same we hate to call them mistakes because some mm-hmm. decisions are just maybe better than other. But but what are the most common misconceptions you think from the average 16, 17 year old who's who's coming into this event? Well, I think, you know, for a lot of them, they have no idea what things cost. Um, so, you know, when we've done surveys after the fact, so many of them will say, I had no idea that my parents had to pay that kind of money for, you know, <laughs> utilities or um, you know, cable TV is crazy or, you know, so I think most students that age, they don't have to pay for that themselves for the most part. So they don't know what it costs. And they, they, they had no idea that, you know, balancing a budget and living, you know, making everything work and fit together is that difficult. I think that's the biggest one. It, it's so true. And and I think that's yeah. fair. I mean, as parents, you know, you and I are both parents, you're actually a grandparent mm-hmm. now, but we do, right. our responsibility is really our, the needs of our kids. We're not asking our seven-year-olds to pay their rent, but, but how can we do a better job to, to at least let them know about that? Because unfortunately not every school does have a credit for life fair. Right. Right. Well, I think, you know, and, and you, you said it, Jessica, you know, we're parents, so we want to make everything easier for our kids a lot of times. So, um, but it, it it's not always making it easier for them if we hide money from them. You know, you know, when I grew up, you didn't talk about money. You know, we didn't talk about where it came from or how much we had or even salaries. I had no idea what my parents made as a salary, no idea what they paid for a house. Um, so I think we, by not talking about it with our students, we do a little disservice to them. Um, you know, getting them at an early age to have to pay for something you know, whether or put some money away for, a, you know, for a money goal or what they're saving for. It helps them sort of say, okay, this is my life. This is a little bit of my responsibility. I'm going to make it work. So I think that's the biggest challenge of, you know, as parents, we have to, you know, just like we have to let them go off to college, we have to let them understand that money is going to be a part of their life forever. So. And as parents, I think we're taught, because you're right, it's it still is taboo, and, and you and I work right. tirelessly to, to fix right. that. Um, and as parents, we're taught, you know, let's open a savings account at a young age, and then, you know, maybe that's it. Um, and, and what role should that bank, that transaction, early transaction in their life, you know, what, what role should the bank play as the community engagement, um, you know, opportunities uh, for kids to really learn a lot more about money? Well, when we talk about it here at the Institution for Savings, you know, we we want to make smart, responsible customers. That is our best. Uh, that's our best scenario. So, if we can teach students at a young age, you know, we have a we have a savings account for young um, children, and we like them to come in and open an account. But then we like them to see how much it grows, and you know, talk about that. So, I think, you know. For us, you know, we want to make our communities better. We want to make our communities stronger. That's a part of the bank's mission. Um, by doing, we can do that by making them smart, responsible 
money savvy um, children and then adults. You know, the earlier you know those stats, the earlier these students, you know, these these children learn about money, the better off they're going to be in the long term. So it's we feel like you know that that's our business, money. We're talking about you know teens. Certainly, those are the ones that are are uh, joining the Credit for Life Fair. You know, kind of junior seniors, and we're we're talking about even expanding that down. You and I have had that conversation quite a bit into kind of the middle school years. Um, and I think that's important because we are seeing so many more young students work these days, whether they're doing it just to participate and, and start to earn a paycheck for, for a savings goal or really to, to help out with their families at home. How are you seeing that at the bank? You see that a lot. Um, students, um, some students, again, don't have to work. So they this is sort of a, an exercise for them, a new one. But so many others in our market need to help out with household expenses. So you know, for students, for young youngsters that learn, you know, putting things away. And, and, you know, we talk about the needs versus wants all the time, you know, teaching them that, you know, take care of your needs first, pay for the things you, that you really need. And then, you know, you can do some, you know, some things with the money that you have a little bit extra. But that's a lesson that we see all of the time, not just at the fair, but in the bank as well. And something we try to hammer home. I mean, I try to hammer it home still with my with my adult children. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. So we know with the credit for life, you are basically building a budget and we all say, you know, start with the most expensive items first, because obviously that's going to take a significant portion of your, your monthly salary. But uh, do you have a favorite booth? Uh, and tell me why. Hmm, that's a good question. I guess my favorite booth um, now would be life. Uh, um, you know, the life happens booth, mm-hmm. the booth that we, you know, we, we changed the names up a couple of years ago when we went online to make them more realistic to the students. Um, and students, you know, they could be going along and it's really not a booth, it's an experience, but the students could be going along, doing really well, being really careful. And then we're going to pop something up at them. Okay. You know, you're in your, you know, your best friend's wedding and you've got to come up with money for, an, you know, a hotel and a gown and a shower gift. Um, so, you know, the students that really are doing really well planning, all of a sudden they have to stop and say, oh, gosh, did I put enough <laughs> money away to do that? You know, just like adults. So, you know, all the other booths, they can make purchases based on, you know, they can all say, OK, I'm going to get the cheapest thing. Some of the students don't do that. Some of them make really realistic you know, choices about what they want. But life happens um, is really just a, no matter how well you plan, something might come at you that you need to be ready for and how are you going to do that? I think that is so so relevant, especially with some of the really startling statistics that so many families are, they say, kind of one accident, uh, car accident away from, you know, financial ruin or, or kind of one health incident. But at the same time, there are there are fun things that happen in life. You know, we do mm-hmm. have some windfalls too. And, and it's good to show kids that real balance that, you know, there are things that we need to do to be responsible and prepare for. Mm-hmm. But then I personally like the the fun, fun, fun booth, you know, because <laughs> we don't work as hard as we do to just be responsible all the time. You know, you want to go to a concert, you want to go to a Patriots game or, or even a really big expense and, you know, go on vacation. We, we try to hammer that home at the event, you know, do the things that you want to do, but make some, make some money in your budget to do something fun. Even if it's, as you say, you know, it's getting tickets to a concert or, 
you know, whitewater rafting. So that's part of, that's the part of the life experience. Now, I know this is something that you care passionately about and work really hard at, and I'm hoping that it won't even be this long because I know your grandchildren are young, but what is it that you hope about their future education experience that might be a little different in our schools today? Well, I hope that um, eventually, very soon, it'll be the part of the curriculum in, in all public schools. I mean, we are one of, you know, just half the half of the states in the country already mandated um, that students have to take a personal finance course. And, you know, I was lucky to grow up in a household where my parents did help help us understand a little bit about money, but not everybody is that lucky. And um, I feel that I want my grandkids to know early on, you know, even my even my grown children came to me when they were getting a mortgage and said, gee, how do I go about doing this? So they missed that experience. So I don't want any other generations to miss out on that experience of, you know, something that they're going to end up doing for the rest of their life, you know, managing their money. So that's what I hope for them is that they're going to take a personal finance course, even starting when they're seven years old. Likewise, that's what you and I work passionately on. And thank you so much for your continued uh, dedication to this. And I know I'll be back at your fair again this coming spring. Yes, you will. I hope so. We can't wait for that again. After the fair, that real world definitely feels more real. Next, Jessica is chatting with Ben Hodges, a teacher in Massachusetts at Masconomet High School, on how Credit for Life's digital component is aligning well with how we manage actual money today in apps and online banking. While students use an app at the fair, they're building the habits that'll truly benefit them in the future. Hi, Ben. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So we are back to school. It is that time of year. Uh, so I hope you're surviving. Uh, I know you are at Masconomet, uh, which is a phenomenal school up on the North Shore of Massachusetts. Uh, tell me about your role at the school. Yeah, so I'm the director of digital learning uh, and also the business and computer science department chair. So uh, I wear a, quite a few hats, um, you know, in regards to, uh, you know, the technology and the integration um, you know, with a lot of the things that uh, teachers are doing, uh, some great things teachers are doing with technology in the classroom. And more so now, I would assume uh, you're seeing your role and in, in more integrations in that uh, digital learning space, especially after the pandemic. Yeah, I mean, especially after COVID, I mean, teachers that maybe were a little bit uh, hesitant to, uh, to, to use technology are pretty much fully integrated at this point. Um, and course, now that we're back in the classroom, we're trying to pull away from technology just a little bit and get more of those personal connections. And that's a great segue to what we're going to talk about today. Um, I have been involved with the Credit for Life Fair uh, for about four or five years. I think you've maybe a little bit longer. Um, we've already talked to our listeners about what that fair is, um, but now such a great opportunity to bring in a little digital learning, but as well as that in-person experience. Yeah. So last year was the, you know, trying to get back to normal, bringing the kids back to, uh, in-person, um, which we hadn't really done like kind of that big, um, you know, in-person without the, the issues with COVID in the last couple of years, but it was nice to have the kids be able to walk around with the app and go to the different booths and things like that and start to, you know, learn how, learn a little bit about how to budget. Um, cause I think that's something that, uh, you know, I have teenagers at home and that's even with jobs, that's something that they have a tough time wrapping their heads around uh, about the amount of money that's coming in each uh, month and then also the amount of money that's, uh, that's going out. And I feel like more so with kids today, with the availability of things like apps, 
you know, I can have a Dunkin' Donuts app and it's so easy to, you know, you get these points and like, oh, I need to spend these points by, you know, the end of the week. And I just feel like the amount of money that they're spending, um, you know, week over week and month over month, uh, all that stuff starts to add up. And a lot of them don't, aren't equipped with, you know, the personal finance um, skills um, that a lot of us just kind of learned on the job. And some of us did a good job of it and some of us didn't. Um, and I feel like giving kids that opportunity to do this in a low stress environment where they can make mistakes and kind of have those aha moments, I think really impacts uh, some of their decision making when they start to have a full time job and think about, you know, what they're actually spending their money on and how much things cost. About how many students do you think now are working part time jobs, um, perhaps to help save for college or save for that first vehicle or whatever that great, uh, you know, expense is, I feel like it is going up quite a bit. Yeah. Well, I think the fact that minimum wage is, you know, $15 an hour, uh, a lot of these kids are taking that, that opportunity to, you know, get those jobs, whether it's at a gas station, grocery store, you know, all, all four, I have four kids that are 14 years and older and they all have jobs and, uh, you know, in different realms, some at, you know, market basket and just being able to, you know, do the direct deposit and get that money going into your account and having that debit card and starting to, you know, make kind of the financial footprint, you know, building up your credit. Um, those are some important steps that uh, teenagers need to make, um, you know, as they start to get into the adult world, because they don't have a lot of those recurring expenses, you know, that their parents have with utilities and mortgage and rent payments. You touched also on kind of those misconceptions and, and rightfully so. We're not expecting our 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds to to pay rent. And, and you know, that's really the, the parent's job or the caregiver's job to kind of take care of those needs. But when they do walk into that Credit for Life fair, you know, full of energy and they've got that first career, you know, and salary that they've picked out uh, for what they hope will be their, their future kind of 20-year-old self, what do you see as the largest, you know, misconception or that aha? You know, usually what does it fall around? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I think the uh, housing, like how much it costs to even rent a house or, you know, live in, you know, even if you're splitting it with two or three roommates, um, you know, it may not seem like much that one, t- you know, like $800. But after a while, that $800 every single month starts to really, really add up. Um, and I think the other thing that they start to realize too is the when they're they're doing transportation, if they have to get a car, is the amount of interest that they have to pay, and that interest is based on what your credit score is. And if you are a you know a, you know new to the bank, they have no idea who you are. You have no credit history. You're you're a high risk, um, and and being a high risk, you're going to be paying a higher interest rate. And by making those monthly payments every month, you start to build that credit score. And then next time you go to get a car, um, those interest rates, you may qualify for some of those good rates that they talk about on you know on TV and the radio. What do you think the role of schools uh, should play in financial literacy, specifically these, you know, we talked about experiential learning opportunities? Yeah, well, I mean, I'm probably biased being in the business and computer science department. So we do a lot of things with uh, financial literacy within our courses, but it's not something that is necessarily mandatory for high school students. And I feel like this is one of those things that every single student that goes into the real world is going to be faced with. Um, You know, we're all going to be dealing with having a job. We're all going to be dealing with paying bills. And yet nobody is really equipped. And I know I think Marianne uses the example of uh, you know, giving keys to uh, to kids without having driver's ed. 
you know, or without going through the road test. Uh, and that's kind of what we're doing and, and expecting kids to be able to go out and navigate um, the financial world and not have those skills and not have that experience. Um, and that experiential learning is really, this is that, that credit for life fair is really giving them that opportunity, but it's only for three hours. There may be some mistakes that they don't make during the fair that they probably will make, um, you know, when they get out to the real world. And so I feel like not having that opportunity in, in school, when you are living, you know, basically rent-free, mortgage-free, and not having some of those larger expenses, um, I think is tough. I think it's really, we're, we're kind of handcuffing kids when they graduate and expecting them to go out and be productive members of society uh, when they're going to have a lot of debt and a lot of things that they're going to kind of incur uh, and not have the skills to really know how to navigate um, you know, the financial world. Do they thank you or, or do they actually come to you and say, you know, wow, Mr. Hodges, that, that was actually really great. I'm so glad we did that. Oh yeah, absolutely. In fact, the, the, the business teachers will, you know, even say some of the students would be like, how come, you know, all the, the students aren't taking a financial literacy class, or this was really a, I can't believe how much my parents are spending every month, you know, on, and, and, we really don't go into, you know, dining out and, you know, the, you know, I mean, you can, you can generally budget for that or vacation. Uh, but then when you go on vacation, all the things that you need to do while you're on vacation, whether it's the taxis, whether it's, you know, grabbing some food, uh, dinners out, things like that. It, it's definitely an eye-opening experience uh, for the students and it's a, it's a great opportunity for them. Well, as, as we both know, uh, adulting is not easy. Uh, and, uh, hopefully opportunities like this and classes like yours, um, can really, you know, set students on a great path. And I also see that a lot of the adults in the room, I think have something to learn as well. Do you look around your colleagues and see them kind of also having perhaps an aha moment? Oh yeah. I mean, I even walk around sometimes and just kind of like, you know what, maybe I could, you know, budget a little bit better on (laughs) a couple of things. Maybe don't say yes to, uh, you know, we don't need to go to a Red Sox game this summer or, you know. There's always there's always things that are pulling you. And I think social media is a difficult thing for the kids to navigate too, because every time you go on there, you scroll through and it's everybody's on a vacation or everybody's doing something fun and you kind of feel like you're missing out on something. And maybe we need to have a social media where it's just we're sitting in the office all day, you know, <laughs> pushing pushing papers and or whatever, answering emails. Um, so the kids actually see the reality of what life is. Absolutely. In some uh, states, these credit for life fairs are actually called that reality fairs. And, and yeah, I think that's, no, it's a great that's word a, for it. That's a great name as well. Any parting words for, you know, fellow colleagues out there, other teachers who say, you know, gosh, I'd, I'd love to do this, but I just can't add one more thing to my plate. Yeah. I mean, I think what you need to do in, in terms of your, we, this is like a one day event. So it's a field trip for our juniors. Um, and one of the things that we built into our schedule is this thing called the M block. And we're looking at ways to try and leverage that 25, 30 minutes a day that maybe we can bring in some financial literacy like once a month. Um, you know, whether it's a guest speaker, whether it's simulations that the kids go through, just to give them some sort of low stress, you know, you can make mistakes and then have those aha moments. Because I think the whole idea of this is all of us that are putting this together, Marianne, the Institution for Savings, I look at it like the Back to the Future where Biff shows up to the younger Biff self. I mean, I know it's a, you know, a gambling book, but he's basically saying, this is the key to making money, like, you know, place the bets. We're all going back to like our 18-year-old selves and saying, don't make the same mistake that we made you know, plan out budget, you know, you got wants, you got needs, try and separate the two. 
um, you know, and don't live beyond what your means are. Um, because the little things that you do now, you know, starting to save, put money away in a 401k when you're like 22, 23, that money is going to grow compounded interest, things that we wish maybe we did like a couple of years earlier. Um, it makes a huge, huge difference over the lifetime of your, you know, when you're working. So I think they say the best time to save is 20 years ago, but if you didn't yeah. do that, today <laughs> yeah. is a good day, right? Yeah. I know I will see you again this coming spring well, because I, I love the the fair and I'd love to volunteer as well. Ben, thank you so much for speaking with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you so much for having me. We've heard from one of the fair's presenters at the Institution for Savings and a teacher themselves firsthand on the impact Credit for Life has. But we wouldn't really be doing the conversation justice without a perspective from those that it's impacting most, students. Jessica is now joined by Isabel, a senior whose recent experience at the Credit for Life Fair is already changing the way she sets goals, thinks about money, and talks about it with her friends and family. Hi, Isabel. Thank you so much for talking to us today. I'm very excited. So we are here to talk about money and you are a teenager and a perfect demographics for me to ask our questions. I know you work and I wanted to ask you if you remember back, what was it like when you got your first paycheck? It was very freeing. It was very um, exciting because it felt like I had something of my own that I worked for. It was also a little scary because now it's like, this is my own money and I have to know what to do with it and be responsible about it. And at that point in my life, I hadn't really had an experience like that when it was something of my own that I worked for. So I had to learn how to take care of it. Do you think that a lot of teens, uh, either your age now or even a little younger, really understand money and how to use it? I think some do. I think some don't. I think some people's parents help them a lot and teach them. I mean, we do have, we also have financial literacy classes in school too, which is really helping. And yeah, I do think it's very important important for teens to learn um, about things like this because eventually before you know it, we're going to be adults and we're going to have our own finances and um, just really important key aspects of life that are important to learn now before it's too late. And I know you recently attended a Credit for Life fair. Do you remember going around and building your budget? And was there anything there that really surprised you that you you weren't expecting? Well, it was very surprising how pricey certain things were. Kind of really gave us an outlook on the real world. Like we're going to really be paying for these things in a couple of years. The money didn't last for a whole, long, uh, a whole lot of time as well. I think that is one of the things that surprises me the most is how quickly yeah. it all disappears. Whether you are at the lower end of the the salary or, or even the higher end, you know, because your your wants, I think, get a lot bigger. Yeah. Tell me, as a, I think you're a senior now in high school, um, and any big savings goals uh, in your future? I mean, I'm learning a lot of good strategies in school now, actually, in our um, financial literacy class. I worked a whole bunch this summer, and usually when I get my paycheck, I put aside a certain amount and I leave a little bit for spending. And that like slowly accumulates over time. And I just think I want to stay smart and knowledgeable about it. Do you talk to uh, your friends at all about money or do you think that's kind of a taboo topic? Sometimes we'll like joke about it um, because even like last year, there was a point when I had a lot less money than I like thought I would. I, I wasn't working as much or as much as I hope to. I mean, we talk about how much we're working. I, you can kind of tell sometimes, but we just try to help each other out mostly. And I assume your financial literacy class is one that you enjoy, I hope. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I do enjoy it because it's actually very informative and it's not like a class, like it's something we're actually going to need to use in the real world. 
unlike some of the other stuff we learn. We hear that a lot, believe me, even from adults. They, uh, if they didn't have it, they wish they did. And, and the few that uh, yeah. were lucky enough to talk to their parents about it, I think uh, are fortunate they didn't make some, some big mistakes that you can make. Thank you so much, Isabel. It was really great to chat with you today. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today on the Fit Money Podcast. I hope you're taking away from today's episode the impact experiential learning can have, especially when the connection to outside of the classroom is clear for students. To learn more about Credit for Life and bring the fair to your school, you can visit creditforlife.org. All resources and links will be in the description. We'll see you next time. And until then, happy learning, earning, and saving. The Fit Money Podcast is presented by Fit Money, the leading K-12 financial literacy curriculum, providing free, unbiased financial literacy resources. All opinions, products, and references during the show are not endorsed by Fit Money and are solely opinions of the individual. Fit Money does not claim any responsibility for external resources referenced during the episode. All Fit Money products and episodes are provided for educational purposes and are not professional advice.